what if we started doing some of this inner work with children yep. early on mm -hmm. while they're fresh and they're ripe and like they they could take it all in and like they can start to really understand who they are as an individual and connect to their higher self when they're in elementary school, middle school, high school, that could empower them to be so successful, not only for themselves, but for yeah. the world. We need leaders. And I believe everyone in some way is a change maker. What's your sole purpose? It's what you came here to accomplish. It's also who you're meant to become so that you can make an impact by being yourself. We're all here to unlock our potential and create positive change in the world. Everything starts with you. One is not born into their purpose. One steps into their purpose. Were you born to do it? Let's find out together. Hi, everyone. We are going back to school today. I am wearing my hoodie and I'm excited to introduce to you Jackie Scully, who is going to be the teacher today. Hi, Jackie. Hi, good to see you. Thank you so much, Stella, for bringing me on your show. This is going to be so much fun. This is going to be a lot of fun, especially because this is our first conversation <laughs> in real life. <laughs> Talk about an icebreaker. <laughs> but, but that's that's the beauty of, you know, connecting online, using social media to connect and exchange ideas. We get to meet like-minded people and meet people who are trying to make the world a better place. And you are one such individual. So I'm very excited to hear your story, talk about the education system and figure out how we can make the education better, not just for the kids, but also for the adults, because they can use a lesson or two. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for creating this space for people to share what they're doing in the world and giving me this opportunity to share with you. So I'm just very honored to be here. Oh, very excited to have you. Um, well, let's dive into it. What is good education? Let's talk about the elephant in the room. What makes education good, especially you having been a student, but now a teacher? Yes. And if you hear my dog in the background, this is the second time this week I've been on a podcast or show with my dog barking. So um, that's just life, you know, Billy's in the background barking. <laughs> yeah. Well, what makes good education? Um, we definitely need space to create. We are creators. We're meant to be in this world to create in different ways. And it doesn't mean that the creation is just for artists, right? Or musicians or actors, actresses. Like we are all part of that. And so we want children to create and co-create with their teachers or learning facilitators, learning coaches, which is becoming a new kind of buzzword in educational spaces that are more alternative and give time and space to wrestle with like, you know, difficult things happening in the world and be problem solvers and collaborate with your peers and, you know, your learning coach, your learning facilitator and come up with really great solutions and not think that everything's doom and gloom and nothing will ever change because if we keep thinking like that, it won't. So in good education, in that system, we need space, we need time, we need collaboration, we need to see the student, teacher, learner, learning coach as a team working together. And it needs to be a circle and not like top-down hierarchy, which has been the way it's been in traditional education for a long time, that everyone is welcome at the table and everyone has a voice 
and something to share. We can learn a lot from our learners, our young people. They're ready. They are ready for us to meet them where they are and say, will you come and help me like heal this world? And I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to do it with you. And I want to learn from you. They know so much more about AI. They don't fear it. They know that there needs to be guidance and balance and all of that. But this Gen Z and Gen Alpha coming up, a lot of people don't know the next generation, but I'm about to teach them in a couple of years. They're active on social media. They're activists. They're learning. They're collaborating. They're already going into the metaverse. They're already experimenting and collaborating with AI. They're there. And we're kind of like 10 steps behind, if not more. So we need to be risk takers. And we need to work with our young people. I just, I'm inspired by them every day. I always tell them I'm learning so much from them. And I also ask for help. I ask them, like, help me, help me understand AI or understand, you know, how you look at the world in this perspective. And they get really excited when you kind of invite them in and say, I need your help. (laughs) So I think that's good education. Yeah. And they have the energy to focus on all these innovative ideas whereas you know the grown-ups they have a lot of responsibilities they need to think about the structures whereas the kids have more of that creative freedom to come up with things on the spot because they don't have that baggage and also we carry that baggage as adults because we haven't had the proper education on how to heal how to do the inner work which is Mm -hmm. you know becoming a little bit more common i had my own thinking around what is good education i came up with three things First one was education is about learning life skills, which is something that is missing in most schools. We're learning about the history. We're learning about certain rules, but the life skills are missing. It's like, this is your education. Now you welcome, welcome in the real world, but you're not prepared for the real world. And nobody's telling you that the education continues after school as well. And then the second one is education is about developing your own thinking, which is something that you talk about. Being given that space and that encouragement. Yes, go and follow that dream. Go and follow that idea. And finally, education is about enjoying the process of learning, which is something that often gets suppressed, I think, because the teachers are kind of being told to follow the curriculum and they feel responsible to do that. But in the process, they kind of suppress that joy from the learning. We are missing joy. And so... I'll plug a little bit, Cindy Cohen's More Joy community that I'm part of, that's been such, so much conversation about joy. And I I see that students are stressed out. They're really dealing with mental health issues. They don't have good coping mechanisms. And they, when you give them just even a little bit of time to, again, create and have some fun, they see that as so special when that should just be every day, like in a school setting. And so I think joy and having everyone feel like their voice is empowered. Everyone is part of this community and all the voices matter. And so taking away that other or competition and just chasing after something, but more about what are we doing together to build this um, culture, right? We're all part of it. And so I do a lot of, in my classroom, where we focus on active listening and how different perspectives, you know, listening to them and really being able to be non-judgmental and it's okay to disagree. It's how we approach it and it's how we're respectful to one another, but everybody is coming from a place where it's tied to their background 
their upbringing, their culture, maybe their religion. And we have to honor and respect uh, those parts of our identity and listen to other people. So I think community, joy, and just empowerment of sharing our voice so we don't feel silenced and wanting to be curious, like curious about not only what we're learning, but curious about each other. I have found as an adult recently, more so on the spiritual journey, that just like jumping on a call with you today for the first time to do a live show, it's because I'm curious. Like, I want to see where this goes. It's like one big experiment. Yeah. And if every child comes from a place of curiosity about, I want to get to know these different people in my class. I want to know their background. I want to know who they are and, and, and have a safe place or a brave space to really share who you are, your authentic self. I would say authenticity mm-hmm. is also something missing. So I need, we need to embrace those aspects, um, I think, to move forward and make school a really great place. I couldn't agree more. And this was the, the kind of the element. Where is the fun? It comes back to that. Because even mental health can be made into a fun game and making sure that people are more comfortable exploring their feelings. Obviously, there's going to be some topics that are a little bit more uncomfortable to talk about, some feelings that are a little bit more uncomfortable to experience. But we're all sharing this together. And... You know, when we add the fun back into the everyday experience of life, we can go through it with more ease. And as you mentioned, authenticity is sometimes difficult to go through because people have expectations of how we should act and behave and we don't want to disappoint them. Mm. But if we made it into more fun experience of let me see how I can show a different aspect of myself today. Let me see if I can explore a different aspect of someone that I know today and challenge them. Bring that fun, bring that joy, bring that ease. Mm, I love that. Let's talk about what it means to be a guided teacher. And this is something that I kind of put together after our our chat, higher consciousness and higher teaching. So being guided by your higher self, but not necessarily trying to teach people into spirituality, rather guide them from your own connection with your higher self. Yeah, well, it was my own journey. Um, I felt through the pandemic as many teachers, administrators, parents, students, we were all feeling a little lost and just kind of burnt out. And there was a lot of questioning, especially around like 2021. And this is outside of education as well, as I've talked to many people through LinkedIn and other um, communities, is that people were questioning like, who am I and what's my purpose and what's my real service to the world and service and community? And you have to do a lot of soul searching. So I, I took a lot of time through um, 2021 actually in going to therapy just to like work through all that stuff and then doing a lot of inner work, a lot of inner child work, shadow work through um, an organization called To Be Magnetic, The Pathway, which is uh, based out of California. They have a podcast called Expand It. And did that work in 2022. And I just peeled back the layers and I went and I did a lot of hard work because I'm 40, I'm 41 now. And when you're older doing it, it's going to be painful. It's going to take a long time. You're going to have to unblock for a really long time. You're always unblocking. I still do this kind of work. And then I realized, oh my gosh, what if we started doing some of this inner work with children yep. early on mm-hmm. while they're fresh and they're ripe and like they they can take wow. it all in and like they can start to really understand 
who they are as an individual and connect to their higher self when they're in elementary school, middle school, high school, that could empower them to be so successful, not only for themselves, but for the world. We need leaders. And I believe everyone in some way is a change maker. You don't have to be doing something huge. You're not like saying I'm the leader to fight climate change, but just through your kindness, through the way you listen to people, through the way maybe you have a community service project, you really care about animals or like um, care about, you know, restoring, you know, land to people or gardens or whatever that may be. But everyone should tap into what are their gifts and talents? Who am I? What is my authentic self? And then how do I shape that into something I give to the world? And so that's something I'm really trying to kind of create within a curriculum that's not based in a subject area. So my subject backgrounds are history and psychology. So I would say a lot of this also comes from my psychology teaching. And there's a lot now really going on in consciousness in that type of research. And then thinking more about how are we developing flourishing humans, right? If we're going to develop flourishing humans, we have to talk about consciousness and we have to talk about tapping into our inner self, our higher consciousness in order to really flourish and then have every child as they become a teen and young adult feel empowered to give back. The whole idea is giving back. It's not just about this individualistic society of, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a teacher, I want to be a scientist, but that could be part of my service. But your framing of who you are as a human and how you fit into this human experience and into the world is about what are my gifts and talents? What is my authenticity? Always moving from that place. And then how do I shape a service that I can give to the world? 100%. I mean, it very beautifully said. And also it's how can I create this, but also how can I share the creative process with the people around me? How can we get together with our unique strengths? How can we combine our authenticity and create some sort of alchemy around our authenticity, which is something very beautiful, mm-hmm. which a lot of people haven't been given the opportunity to even think about. I think from our parents and grandparents, if you look back into the way they were educated and the kind of society that was designed there I suppose and resources that they had we have more resources than ever when it comes to mental health and self-exploration and I know we like to joke about the self-help section in the library or in the bookstores but it's precisely those books that are guiding us back to ourselves and there's always that one question that you're going to find in one book and then another question and you put them together and suddenly yes I now know what I need to you know focus on in terms of my inner work and, and research and uh, creativity. There's something that you said about the higher selves and reconnecting with our higher selves. I think young people, kids, teenagers, they're actually very connected to their mm. higher selves, but they get disconnected mm. because of the conditioning that continues. And it's like on and off, on and off. And yes. then they get plugged into, you know, an office job and that connection almost disappears over time because they stop believing in their dreams. It's It's a little bit like, Yes. In the movies, when they say it's only real because you believe it's real. And that connection with your higher mm-hmm. self as well. It's real because you believe in yourself. And the more you believe in yourself, the more yes, you can absolutely. bring that change. But I suppose the question is, what if we all believed? Yeah. What would happen? It would be amazing if we all believed that we could do whatever we want to do in this world. And from a curious mindset and want to experiment with life. Like I often talk about, 
you know, it's, all, it's just all one big experiment. So, you know what, if something doesn't go the way that we planned in this lesson plan or whatever that may be, whatever, we'll start over and do that in a playful mindset. So um, even though I also come from my, my training is social sciences, so history first, and then I really started to get into psychology. But I share this with my students that everything is a science to a certain degree, because mm-hmm. it's yeah. about dissecting. It's about collecting data. It's about seeing connections. And then what do you do with it? And you keep going back to the drawing board. Your whole entire life is that, you know, you don't get it just because you're 30, 40 years old, or you have a certain title, Mm -hmm. or you have a certain beautiful home or marriage, or whatever that looks like for you as success. Your whole life is a science. If you look at it that way, like it's all about just going back to the drawing board, again, making connections, throwing things away, saying, tried that, that didn't work. Let's think about it. And not beating yourself up about it, saying I'm a failure, but saying like, I'm just always a work in progress. And every single human is. And if I come from a place of play and experimentation, like a child would, like a child does this all the time. If we go back to our inner child and think with a childlike mind, life is so much more enjoyable. And I've been I'm not perfect at it every day. And I have my hard days where I'm very stressed out, but I'm starting to practice that more often. And my perception is changing and my energy is changing. And then in turn, the things coming into my life are changing. It's all energy too. So it's what you attract. It starts with that mindset, that perception. I was just sharing with my students um, that your perception is your reality. You can change that at any time. And you, you have a lot of ownership over your life more than you think you have that you need that um, term in psychology we use is like the um, internal locus of control. That is way more powerful than external locus of control because internal locus of control is I do have this power. I can do what I want to do in life and fulfill what I want to fulfill. And it just shapes everything else and things just start clicking and falling into place and things still will go wrong. Life is going to be life. Predictable. <laughs> right. And you just keep trying. My mindset, I'm much more positive and enjoying things in my life much more uh, than ever before. Not just saying through the pandemic, but even before when I was a teen or in my 20s. And so it really does work. But we can we can be teaching this to our children in early age, and they're ready for it. Like, I think that would just click and make sense if we were just talking about this. And in the process, we're teaching children how to be a little bit more responsible, how to connect the dots, how to, you know, start building their own ideas. And they're teaching us how to be a little bit more playful. So it's a win-win when we develop that, that healthier relationship with the younger generations, wherever we are in our journey. I mean, in the process of Turning the growth into play, it's a lot easier to be more a- attracted by doing the work because the work is it's not easy looking within no. yourself, these big questions. It's not easy, but you're right. If we started earlier, these questions wouldn't be this difficult or this heavy mm. to go through. Most successful people in the world have failed the most. They just keep going. Yes. Success isn't something that, you know, lucky people are successful. No, success is about the persistence and trying and experimenting. And that's something that should be taught at an early age. Because 
Even yes. if we think about starting to walk as a child, you're going to keep falling until you learn how to balance. <laughs> and if so you're living, you might lose your balance once again. <laughs> yeah, and success looks different. It's not a one-size-fits-all, and we still have a society where it's still very much about your job, mm -hmm. your title, your degree, uh, your relationship, the home or car or money in your bank account, and those are still very much markers of success, and I want to say that's a very, very small factor of success, and often that type of success does not equal happiness or yeah. joy. For me, when I want to have like someone who's an expander or a mirror to show me what success looks like, it's people who have peace, people who have peace and have joy and love in their heart. And they emit that out to the world and to people. And I can tell it when I talk to them, even getting on this call with you today, I can feel that from your energy. And to me, that is success. And the people who have been coming into my life recently, like I mentioned, the more joy community and just other areas, they've all been these people emitting that peace and joy and love. And to me, that's success. So I feel very blessed to have so many wonderful souls in my life showing me this. It's, it's about the grounding presence, because when people have found their niche in life, what they want to focus on, where they want to spend their energy, they're not in this rush to prove themselves to the world because they found mm -hmm. that they belong within themselves. So now they can give from this place of knowing. So now they can create from this place of, I understand. It might take a little bit longer. I understand. I know that every day is going to be, you know, different. And it might be difficult, but that's, you know, part of the learning process. Yeah. But yeah, I feel the same way about you. I think when a joyful person meets another joyful person, it, they just click together. <laughs> you have water all over your chart. You are the... <laughs> most empathetic person I've met based on your chart. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, I believe I am a deep cancer. <laughs> yeah, and this is cancer in the first house, which is all about leadership. So this is one more confirmation mm -hmm. that you are here to lead with empathy. It's great confirmation of, um, you know, where I'm at in my life now. But, you know, even like every step along the way since I was a child, has been really like for the most part, my authentic self besides like I talk about this in my book, like putting the mask on when you're a teenager and in your twenties, trying to be like conforming and popular and all of that. But I've always known my path was in some kind of leadership, some kind of area of education. Um, even back when I was in college, I saw myself as a speaker. Funny in high school, I wanted to go into journalism because I always thought like I would love interviewing people. And then I thought like I couldn't really do that because that made I didn't see myself having like a strong background in like the sense of like writing and like obviously media and whatnot. And then here I am with the podcast today and writing a book. So it took me a little long to come back around to that aspect of it. But no, this is beautiful. Your uh, work with all of this with the natal chart is just it's so beautiful. Thank you, Stella. Oh, I'm more than happy to bring that confirmation to you, Jackie. Your story is confirmation of how we can use the spiritual tools available to get to know who we are so that we can help the world better. Because the more we know about who we are, the more we can bring that knowledge into creating positive change and being the role models that we didn't have. Because I know so many people get lost in the process of living because they 
they think, well, that happened to me. Why did that happen to me? That was unfair. And instead of them looking at it as an opportunity for them to be the, the change makers, the people who can reverse yeah. that cycle, they get stuck into maybe the victim mindset. But I don't think it's you know it's their yeah. fault. I think the system that we're experiencing, that we're all part yeah. of, is not designed to empower us. So we are... The, the leaders here that are born to lead, powering through all the resistance to create the resources to help other people mm -hmm. be empowered, feel empowered. I think all of us have felt disempowered, the ones that are trying yeah. to make this positive change. And that's why we're powering through it and saying, no, I, I am empowered and I'm going to make sure that everyone I meet is going to be empowered too. And that takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of courage to keep trying, which is, you know, going back to what you said that, You're not perfect every day. That's not the point. The point is that you keep trying. Yeah. It's about integrity. You have to walk the walk to talk to the talk, which is, you know, a very common saying, but it's true. How can you lead when you haven't done the work yourself and you aren't ready to be vulnerable in your leadership? A good leader means you need to be vulnerable and you need to be able to listen to others and take others' ideas and come together and bring people into the circle. So when you're leading, you're leading like a circle. You're not leading like everyone's following you, right? The idea of followers, it's about the support in the community. So I talked about the spider web this summer. So it's like, if you look at followers, if you're truly coming from an authentic place and you're being vulnerable and you're sharing about yourself, it's you're growing the spider mm -hmm. web. Yeah. But you, but you're speaking from a point of view that is coming from the leadership with empathy and love, which is your element. I think with people that have very traditional understanding of what leadership is, people that haven't done the mm. inner work or maybe are a little bit more into their masculinity, they still feel the mm -hmm. pressure from society or their loved ones to not expose those parts of themselves because maybe they mm. have been rejected growing up by yeah. the same people that love them the most because they were rejected. You know, we keep passing that trauma until yes. one person says, enough, I will accept myself as I am. And so it is, the cycle changes. <laughs> yes, you have to stop the intergenerational trauma. And I see that as a big theme right now, not just like with myself and in education, but with so many people I've talked to is that it's time to finally recognize the pain and what has happened for so long and then see what's not working and say, it's it's not going to be like this anymore. I'm stopping it right now and I'm going to be committed to creating a new cycle mm -hmm. and being able to do this where we're genuinely doing it from a place of wanting to care about one another. We're in an era right now where it's all about love. And if if people aren't about the emotions and love right now and EQ is where it's at, not IQ. It, you're going to get pushed around. It is all about love. And that is how we're going to produce change. And we're going to have to really start talking about our emotions and building our EQ because that's the only way that we're going to progress because we're moving into more of a feminine energy with the goal of then eventually the masculine and the feminine really being integrated. Yes. And I think also reaching a hand out to those that are trying to bring us down because they don't even understand they're hurting, which is, you know, the self-mastery mm. of your emotional intelligence. When you understand that the person that's trying to bring you down is that wounded little child that's kind of like fighting against mm. 
you know, mm-hmm. their own experience so far. Why didn't they love me when mm-hmm. I was little? Why didn't they understand me? Why didn't they appreciate me? Why didn't they accept me growing up? And this yeah. is the trauma that's within yeah. them. Yeah. Hurt people hurt people, right? Like bullies, like there's a part of you that really has empathy mm-hmm. for them because they're hurt people. And so we have to give kindness to everyone. Well, it starts from yeah. that. And, and you yes. have that advantage of being a leader that can pierce and see right through the heart of the matter and offer that empathy. Mm-hmm. I think to mm-hmm. to come to the final point, it, one is not born into their purpose, one steps into their purpose. And it takes a lot of mm-hmm. work. It takes a lot of commitment. But once you see the, how much of the world is still oppressed, suppressed, corrupted, and once you start to awaken to your own potential, you understand that it's an honor and a privilege to keep doing that inner work because you get to change the narrative in your own community, in your own city, and then maybe in your country and then in the whole nation because Rome wasn't built in one day. And once you step into your purpose, some days you're going to feel like you're not making progress. But once you look mm. back, you're going to see how much you walked from where you were when you made that decision. I'm going to commit. I'm going to see how much I can you know, bring out for my authentic self into the world. Your podcast and your book, which are an example of what happens when you keep doing the inner work and uncovering the treasures that you carry. Uh, tell us about how you know the teacher story was born, how the, the guided teacher was, was born as part of your awakening and what are your plans going forward? This was definitely um, both the book and the podcast. Podcast came out in May, 2022. Um, as manifestations of the inner work that I was doing and starting in 2021 into early 2022. And it actually just was me being so engaged in listening to podcasts. And I had an idea of writing a book, but I wasn't quite there confidence-wise. I never saw myself as an author. And I still had a lot of inner child wounding, I think, from school that was holding me back to seeing myself that way. So I always knew... I like to speak and I like to get to know people. And I really was hurting uh, for teachers and feeling their pain through, you know, not necessarily like everything like I went through at my school, but across the nation, I was in these online spaces listening to what teachers were going through in the pandemic and how they felt like no one really cared for them or took care of their mental health. And so there was all this transitioning teacher movement that was happening in 2022 and so I felt there needed to be a space to start sharing these stories and not necessarily sharing about, let's just have event session, talk about all the problems, but really start to come from a place of love and compassion and how the, each teacher and anyone else in education that I have on, they don't necessarily have to be a traditional teacher, but if they're in this space of education, how they have a vision for how it should be. So they're the ones in it and they're seeing it. And I wanted to empower them because often those people don't feel like anyone listens to them or they don't have a voice and that they can't change anything. And so they have to leave the system in order to take care of themselves. And of course, I respect that for every individual, what they have to do. And I needed to do it for my own healing. Um, I share my story in my very first episode in season one. And then I collected some friends who were very generous to sit down with me and experiment with this podcast idea. And I wanted to kick it off Teacher Appreciation Week in May 2022 because that was something 
I felt it was very symbolic and I wanted to give my love and appreciation to all the people in education. And then it just grew from there from networking. And I was networking more than I ever did my whole entire life through like LinkedIn and other spaces. People were just coming to me. And I really think, you know, I am I'm a believer in God and the universe. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were coming to me because I have this purpose and mission to first share these voices and share these ideas um, and then get to a place of now, where do we go from here? Now that we open this up to the world and we're sharing all of these stories, um, what's the innovation piece? What's the the next step? What's the change? What's the shift? What do we need to do? And that's kind of like now my next part with the book and with the season I'm in three, season three is all about innovation. And it's all about like taking the ideas and really like, what can we do with it? And then talking with people that are in different educational spaces. That's not just in like K through 12 traditional schools, but how we are all part of it together and how we're bringing in also student voices, parent voices, and, you know, working together as a team and not just necessarily this vision I had in the beginning of empowering teachers, but all people, all people in the educational space. And so naturally, I guess, um, because I came back to the idea of a book, I was thinking, I have to tell my story in depth, and really share narratives of what it was like for me as a child, that child childhood light, which is my first chapter, to some of the things I went through as a student, that some things were light and some things were dark. Mm-hmm. And then my transition into college and a lot of light and shadow there. And then my first years as a teacher and my different experiences with that. And I've been in public charter. Now I'm in independent schools. This is my second one. So I've been in lots of different spaces in different areas of the country and the United States. So I have a lot of perspective and I've talked to a lot of people and that helped me to have the confidence, I think, to write this book because I I felt like it wasn't just an idea that I had. I, I felt literally a push from the yeah. universe. It was like pushing me like, no, you're going to do it and you're going to do mm-hmm. it now. And so just so happened, people were coming into my life that were able to support me because it's a big undertaking yes. to write a book even more so than a podcast. And I get, I linked up with people in the More Joy community. Cindy Cohen, who wrote a book, also linked me up with her book coach, um, Brian Monahan and like every all these people were just coming in that it felt very much like I can do this. This is actually manageable. I can do it. And I was on a very tight schedule this summer because I was traveling a lot, but I also had summer break. And I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it this summer and I'm gonna finish at least the writing by the end of August. And then I can figure out the next phases into September, which is where I'm at now. And more people were just coming in and supporting me. And it was it was like confirmation from the universe that this is what where I'm supposed to be right now. It's the most guided I've ever felt. And so naturally, that title just really resonated with me. It actually came in as a download in December 2022, when I just came back to the idea of like, maybe I want to write a book. And it just came through. And I wrote it down. I felt good about it. Wasn't really sure. And then by the summer, after I went to a spiritual retreat, it was like, yeah, this is exactly what um, I need to be doing. And then the subtitle is Unveiling Truth to Light the Path Ahead, because it's unveiling my story 
my truth, offering that vulnerability to light the path ahead, not only for people and all in education, but really for anyone who maybe needs that light. And so it's a story about school, about education, about my ideas for the future. I I end with a curriculum called Connected Consciousness. But it's also a story that really anyone could read and feel like, wow, I've been there as a student or you know, I see this in my own child's education or just a story of vulnerability of like really dark times and needing to do that inner work to heal and that you can come out on the other side and start to see all these beautiful connections and all this appreciation of the people that have come into your life. Because at the end of the day, I leave the book with the moral of the story. I don't want to give it away, but this theme of what's the moral of the story isn't just telling your story or not just being this, you know, teacher or whatever you are, whatever your service is, but it's about this community. It's about all of us and how we're all helping each other get there. We're all helping each other reach those higher levels of our consciousness. And I honestly, I believe it's a responsibility that we all have to be helping one another. You're helping me just by giving me the space today and telling me all this information from my natal chart, like that's helping me also in my path, on my path. So that's kind of where it's at. And now I'm just uh, wanting it to lead to just sharing, sharing with as many people as possible, unlocking that potential in people who maybe need a little bit of that guidance and that light. I'm giving back for all the people who've been helping me and how God and the universe have been helping me. And so the story is, to me, it's not just a book, but it's a service. And I, I hope it resonates, you know, with people. I also, a big shout out to Zennials. So if you're in like your 40s, like late 30s to like mid 40s, late 40s, this, this story is going to resonate with you. There's a lot of 80s, 90s themes in part one. So um, I have a lot of music theme, like different things where it's like, cue up this song. It's fun. Well, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that Earth is a school and we're here to learn. And that is why these Earth instructions, the nature word chart, is essentially giving us clues to what have we already unlocked as part of you know our consciousness and what we're here to bring into that consciousness because it's all part of the collective consciousness and we're just divided into unique human beings with our own authenticity, which is why it's so important to step into our authenticity so we can accomplish what we came here to achieve and whether we call it soul purpose or adding that further research into our consciousness. You know, there's so many labels that we can put onto it, but it's a learning experience and it's an experience designed to help us advance and grow. And as you said, to grow side by side. And there's a quote that I really love uh, from Paul Coelho from The Alchemist. When you want something, the whole universe conspires you to achieve it. And I think especially when you start to pursue that soul purpose, you're calling, the universe pushes you into it. Your higher self is like, you're ready, (laughs) even if you don't feel ready. But you start to see this attraction point where you are attracting the resources needed because this is so much bigger than just one person one person cannot bring this vision and sometimes you're grounding these pieces downloading the information but you know that you're not here to achieve it on your own you're here to share the information to empower other people and bring them on board as part of the leadership call one of the things about the title that you have unveiling truth to light the path ahead 
the biggest book that we have on earth called the Bible has this saying, let there be light. And the way that I interpret that is let the learning begin because the light is symbolic of the enlightenment. It's symbolic of yes. bringing the truth, but also bringing the knowledge and kind of restoring that, um, maybe paving the path forward for the learning because people have just lost their way. So all the leaders today, yeah. the leaders of the new earth, they're adding the little pavement blocks to guide people. This is a path that you can follow to understand this, to learn this. As I learned it the hard way, and I'm going to make it easier for you. Yes. But yeah, thank you for sharing your story. Thank it's you. Thank you so much. Inspirational, aspirational, and motivational to um, to hear your experience and your um, awakening to your purpose. What would you um, advise someone who's considering a career as a teacher? especially now during this time of transformation? Well, we need you. <laughs> we, need, we need our educators. Um, if you're thinking about being a teacher, and especially if you want to do some of this deeper consciousness work as a teacher, um, it, is, it is a hard job, but it is a job. I want to say job. It is a, a service mm -hmm. that has so much meaning. When you see children light up, you see them play, you see their curiosity, uh, you see them, you know, wanting to be like the change makers and, and really be invested in taking care of the world. It's just unbelievable. I mean, there's so much light and love and hope when you see children learning. And for you to be in a role to help kind of shape that and give them this space where they can create and they can be curious and experiment and be in a safe place to make mistakes and share their voice. I mean, there's nothing better than that. It's just, it's beautiful. It's a human profession. I mean, you are connecting with humans and helping them grow and thrive every single day. And it takes a lot of heart. You have to have the heart for it. It is, it's something where I, I believe like the greatest people in education have a very high and strong EQ. You know, you need to because um, you're reading people all day long, but it's it's so needed. We need to help these children in this generation and they, they want us working with them side by side, doing some of this consciousness work. It's just going to be so much better for them as they become adults. By doing that, they're healing and then they're able to help others heal. And then in the future, this is going to be so much easier so much easier and progress is going to be so much faster if we started onboarding children on earth without creating trauma for them there might not be healing 50 years from now 70 80 however long it takes you know we're, we're changing the way we're onboarding children i like to call it onboarding because we're welcoming mm. new souls onto earth and they are yeah. souls, they're humans that already have their individuality, their authenticity that just needs to be unlocked. Uh, and that's the beauty of elevating our consciousness as the educators, as the writers, as the speakers, the, the, the people that are researching how they can be better human beings. They're understanding that we all mm. already have that authenticity inside of us, beneath all yeah. the conditioning. But imagine a world where the conditioning was actually empowering you and encouraging you to connect with that authenticity from maybe not day one, but <laughs> year one, when you yeah. start to like or orient yourself in the world. Yes. It's going to be a beautiful world. Thank you so much. <laughs> I just want to share, um, there's so many small things you can do 
if you are in like the teaching world or just even as a parent um, or, you know, you're working with children in some degree. So I did this quick little Google form check-in the other day. I started it during the pandemic and I came back to it because I said, hey, we still need it. And it's basically like a mental health check-in. And I do it at the beginning of my class, takes five minutes. And I'm basically asking them, like, what are your celebrations? What are your challenges? What are your goals? And what else do you want to just like tell me? And this is between me and you. And if you need a little extra support, I'm going to pop you an email. If it's something that's pretty like you need support, I'm going to, you know, say maybe we should be like talking to the counselor. Or if it's a big celebration, I want to celebrate you. And I said to them, you're not my students, you are humans having this learning experience with me. And I care about you. I care about you as a person, as a human, mm-hmm. as a soul. And if I didn't, like, what am I doing here? Right? What What am I doing here? Like, you're not just a history student or psychology student. I don't care. Honestly, I don't care what your grades are. I don't like grades anyways. But, you know, I want to know how you're doing. And then I do pop them an email here and there, how many I need to really respond to. And it's just like, it's surprising how it makes their day. And they're like shocked that I even like did something like that or said an email that said like something about, oh, you got a new job. That's awesome. I love that place. You know, I had one of those. Um, You got your driver's license. That's so cool. You have this freedom now. And they say, thank you. They're like, thank you taking the time to a read all of these I have 61 students or 65 students and then write emails to like not all of them but a, a chunk of them because it's my first time doing it this year and I'll do it a couple of times a quarter and it's so simple it's just so mm-hmm. like it's not hard to ask someone how they're doing and then check in with them and we should be checking in on our people all of our people in our lives ask them how they're doing be there and listen to them it means the world to these children, to these teens, because often people aren't checking in on them because everyone's just so busy. We forget how it's human. We forget how to be there for each other. Thank you for being part of Born to Do It. I think we've confirmed you were absolutely born to do (laughs) what you're doing right now, being a change maker in the education system and leading with positivity and inspiring the people that you come um, in touch with to use their right brain, to believe in their dreams. Mm. Um, So thank you for making the world a better place. Thank you. Well, thank you for all of your gifts and talents and sharing all of this information with me about my natal chart and also just this beautiful conversation. It was very, it was just flow and easy. And we just met. (laughs) (laughs) This is how awakening souls communicate with one another. You know, it's just easy. You don't, yeah, you don't need to break the ice. Yeah. Well, I look forward to reading your book. I can't wait to see what amazing changes you bring in society because I think this is just the beginning for you. 